0: Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, actor William Hurt has passed away. He portrayed Thaddeus Ross on both uh, The Incredible Hulk and Civil War. So it's a sad day for us Marvel fans. We'll be talking about that and other news and feedback right after this. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Ashley Coffin. Ashley, how you doing today?
1: I'm good. I'm good. I'm somber, but I'm good. How are you?
0: Yeah, yeah. uh, Same, same. I'm uh, I'm over here in Dallas visiting Miss Alyssa, so it's been nice. But uh, yeah, a really sad day for uh, fans of William Hurt. Um, He has passed away at 71 of natural causes. Um, He's uh, you know big part of the MCU. Like he's the thing that ties together uh, some of these movies. Um, and I think he's one of the more interesting characters in a way because he kind of like walked the line between being a hero and a villain, you know, there's, Mm -hmm. you really do see his point of view and you understand where he's coming from, you know, joining kind of team Tony or sort of helping originate team Tony in civil war. Um, he gave a lot of complexity to that movie, uh, and just showing up in civil war after not seeing him since incredible Hulk or, well, I guess, uh. Yeah, Incredible Hulk. Like it was, it was, I don't know, just he was a big part of this universe that we love. So it's really sad to hear that he's passed. Um, and I know you said you've seen a lot of his movies over the years.
1: Yeah, he is such an incredible filmography. I mean, I think one of my favorite movies with him is 1985's Kiss of a Spider Woman. And then mm-hmm. he was in Children of a Lesser God, uh, Broadcast News, which was huge, uh, Dark City, which is one of my personal favorite movies. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Um, do you remember that movie with John Travolta when he's an angel? Yeah, Michael. Because I love, yeah, he was the, like, guy who he inspires, like, the main guy who was doing the news story on him. Um,
0: yeah, The Proposition
1: with Madeline Stowe. Uh, he was in One True Thing with Renee Zellweger, which is one of those, like, you know, foolhardy like, family, really good dramas. He mm-hmm. was in, uh, he was Duke uh, Leto Atreides in David Lynch's Dune, which is one of my, you know, not favorite movies, but favorite stories, favorite directors and like the mm-hmm. village. I love so many people don't like the village, but I thought that that movie was just brilliant. I really thought, M Knight did a good job. And I thought that a lot of it was based off of William Hurt's performance in that. Cause if, if you know the story, you know what I mean? You know, if you've seen mm-hmm. the movie and um, yeah, he's just, you know, he was an amazing actor. Um, It's, you know, it's a loss for yeah, for, for sure. all of us.
0: For sure. For sure. Um, And, you know, obviously uh, much love goes out to his family and all that. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's it's, a, you know, it's it's so uh, we we will not get too much into the weeds of like, what does this mean? Because I just feel like it's a little disrespectful. Uh, It's always a temptation. Uh, Same thing happened when Chadwick Boseman died. We were like, let's not talk about what they're going to do with Black Panther for a little while. Give that some time um but uh you know it's it's it is it is a huge loss but more more than the loss of the character's the loss of the man of course yeah um, and it's just so just such a bummer man
1: i'm just so glad that we got an actor of his caliber to step into the mcu so early on like before it was big like sure he's in one of the more controversial movies you know mm-hmm, hulk, everybody i mean i love the hulk but uh that movie you know it wasn't great but the fact that he stuck with it and his character just kept getting to come back and come back, and he he was just like a thorough part throughout the entire thing, all the way up into Black Widow. Um, and I just love it. I really I love that we got that from him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. He had a lot of gravitas. Um, both his appearance in that early in that early Incredible Hulk movie, but throughout, like he he kind of grounded those later movies. Um, mm-hmm. in a really really cool way. Um that it just just provided this sort of like perspective of what a military man would be thinking of these heroes, you know, Mm -hmm. set up the movies for success to have an actor like that, portraying that role. Um, his whole vibe just really, you know, set up those movies for success. I love them. Mm -hmm. Thank you, William Hurt for your contribution to this thing we love. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, much condolences out to your family and all your loved ones. Well, that i guess moving on from there yeah um, it's the only thing to do yeah as it it's true it's true <laughs> both in both on pod in podcasting and in life sometimes <laughs> these things these, these things happen um and uh, yeah so uh just a couple of news stories to hit real fast uh this you just last week said that your favorite uh villain from X-Men was Mr Sinister mhm you were just talking about that last week um john ham apparently was meant to play the X-Men villain, Mr. Sinister uh, at the end of new mutants. Apparently, Really?
1: You know, that doesn't surprise me. Cause if you're what, um, yeah. the end scene, I believe it's of, it's either days of future past or apocalypse. One of the crates in the movie is like Essex. Mm-hmm. And then you just like, okay, Nathaniel Essex, you're totally bringing that into this. It might've been apocalypse. And then it never went anywhere
0: yeah there, there there are a few references to uh essex throughout the thing and and it was it was in new mutants they did have something about like the essex corporation or something like that in it was shown that that was where the new mutants were so like uh, okay that, like essex that school Corp. okay yeah yeah even in the um and it was also connect they connected it to logan weirdly um with some footage from logan with the kids being uh you know, rounded up or whatever. So like yeah. they connected the new mutants and Logan and they connected all of that to the Essex corporation or whatever. Um, so they were definitely going somewhere with that. And apparently John Hamm had signed on to do that role. But I guess when, you know, uh, Disney bought it all up and they decided not to go that direction and they, you know, re-edited the film. Uh, he, he said he was never, um, he said, I never shot anything. Uh, I remember having a conversation with people uh I'm a huge comic book fan, especially of the X-Men and the New Mutants. Uh so I was excited to be considered.
1: Uh Please <laughs> still consider him, Marvel. Yeah, we know you listen. For sure. Kevin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we know they're not scared to reach back to the old Fox continuity and grab mm-hmm. actors clearly um with Professor X coming up soon. I love John Ham. He's so good.
1: That's exciting. Yeah, oh I love him too. And he'd be really good at it. I think Mm -hmm. like he needs to tap into that seriousness that I know he has as an actor. Like you can still keep it a little funny, but I also want like, he can turn on like threatening pretty well. I want to be like threatened.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. 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 No, he has, he has the the great thing about him is he's very, uh, he has very solid acting chops and like, he has this great aesthetic that he, he can be very evocative and um, lots of pathos but also be hilarious. Like he's really funny Mm -hmm. and he can be really serious and threatening. Like he's really got a range. He'd be
1: a good Mephisto.
0: Ooh, he would be Mm a really good Mephisto. Really good Mephisto.
1: Yeah. Or even nightmare. Like, I don't know.
0: I mean like, what is the devil if not an ad man, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's a great call. Oh, any of those sorts of like mischievous, um, sort of like, like I said, someone's trying to sell, a hero on turning bad you know what i mean I, Yeah, he would be wonderful in any of those roles i love that idea love it
1: oh i have a little news so i watched the screen actors guild awards last night oh, and yeah. i just want to say congratulations to katherine Hahn for getting nominated she didn't win but she is a winner in all of our books
0: yeah for so sure you go
1: honey i love her <laughs> me too and she looked fabulous she was she
0: was being uh considered for her role as agatha Best
1: yeah, as best supporting actress in like a drama series.
0: She should have gotten it. I mean, I don't know who she was going know. against and all.
1: What if one best uh, animated show? Oh, nice. Yeah,
0: that's that great. Good for them. Last year had some stiff competition. I mean, Invincible was really, mm-hmm. really great too. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there's tons of other great animation out there too. I know people loved the uh, Star Wars stuff that came out last year with um, gosh, what was it? What was the what was the one? What was the Star Wars show? Last year. Was it animated? Yeah.
1: Clone Wars?
0: No, it's the one. Bad Batch. Sorry.
1: Bad Batch. My brain got, we finally got there. We watched that first episode yeah, together. we did. <laughs>
0: it came out when uh, we were in Nashville together and like a bunch of Stranded Panda hosts sat around and watched that together. That was great.
1: It was so memorable,
0: right? <laughs> 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 I, do, I did think it was really good. And it was one that uh, Alyssa, who doesn't like really animated stuff all that much and doesn't I mean, she she likes the geeky stuff with me. She watches all the Marvel stuff with me, but like, uh, doesn't really care for Star. Doesn't care about Star Wars really. So um, we we watched it though, and she was like, "I could watch another episode of that. I liked it." And I, and I never. Oh, good. Yeah, so that was cool. <laughs> I, yeah. I never had her watch another episode, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> I felt felt kind of bad about it. I keep meaning to go back. Uh, right now, over on the Star Wars Universe podcast, um, I've been meaning to mention this. Uh, we may, we may drop one of these episodes in the feed, but because of, uh, Obi-Wan coming out later this year, we're doing, uh, I'm finally going and watching all the Clone Wars episodes.
1: Yeah. We've, we talked about it on the, uh, our Batman cast.
0: Oh, nice. Nice.
1: Yeah. I can't wait to hear those.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, it's been fun. I've just watched like so far I've done season one and I'm watching season two now and I'm just, we're doing like every season.
1: Is that a lot of episodes?
0: Uh, I'm not watching the whole thing. <laughs>
1: I was like, "Damn!" I, so, I mean, I think it's a lot. <laughs> I
0: looked up a guide that was like, "Here's the essential episodes to watch of of Clone Wars," because there's apparently a lot of fluff that I don't care yeah. about. So
1: I did that during uh, Mando, just so I would know what the heck was going on with uh, Starbuck and not Starbuck. That was her name on Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Back to Marvel. Sorry, guys.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah no. It, well, I did, I did want to mention that though. So if you're, yeah, if you're that's interested, that's going to be great. Check out the Star Wars Universe podcast and subscribe. Basically, I'll be on an episode every week from now till Obi Wan. I think just about somewhere in there.
1: I'm doing Obi Wan.
0: Oh, cool. I think I'm going to mm-hmm. do some of Obi Wan. I don't know that I'm going to be able to do it nice. all, but I'm going to do some of it, especially since i been doing all the pre pre show stuff talking about Clone Wars. Okay, so next thing we got here. Um, this was <laughs> this was reported by an insider um so who knows if this is true or not but it was reportedly um blade will appear in the werewolf by night halloween special is what it mentioned and i didn't even know they were doing a halloween special what's that did you know about werewolf by night no okay i should yeah we've talked about a little bit here uh but werewolf by night is a show that's been announced by marvel um and we're animated no it's a yes. it's a live it's a live action show, uh, and it's going to be one of their shows. And supposedly, right now, it's slotted to come out in late 2022. So this year we should get it. And it's um, part of the dark side of Marvel. And there apparently there are at least rumors. And supposedly, an insider says that uh, it will be the first appearance of Blade. Oh no! Yeah. Yes. And now again, that's really a rumor. I. I I say it with all grains of salt. Who knows who this insider is? (laughs) But it is being reported on some of the bigger sites. Oh, okay.
1: It's all connected to the Midnight Suns and stuff like that. Interesting. That's exciting. That sounds like it's for me.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Live action, horror.
1: I love werewolves. There's not... There's Yeah, like if you think of all the creatures, like vampires and this and that, like vampires can get really scary and imagine getting bit by one, like they make some really scary ones. But nothing is scary. Is as scary as a werewolf. Like when you really look at them, like imagine a werewolf coming at you, like like cabin in the woods kind of werewolf is what I mean. There's nothing scarier than a werewolf, and I oh, just yeah. love everything about them. Oh, it's the best. I love werewolf movies.
0: Yeah, like a truly terrifying werewolf. The body horror. The
1: yeah, I'm, I need give me a big furry nine foot tall werewolf. I love it.
0: <laughs> I think about the underworld ones. Is like they can be scary looking, I guess, but they're kind of designed to be heroes. You know what I mean? Like they're designed to just be like a super powered person, basically, um, who's making all their own decisions. The like real concept of a werewolf who's like, and I'm guessing Werewolf by Night will probably have some elements of that, seeing as it's a Marvel thing and it's, he's apparently being, possibly being approached by Blade for whatever Midnight Suns team they're putting together, you know?
1: I guess his name is Jack Russell.
0: Yes, which is, that's very funny. Oh. Ooh,
1: Gail Garcia is going to play. Ooh, this is, is be she great.
0: vampire by night? There, there's a female. Uh, is there a vampire? Yeah, there's apparently I was just reading about it today. I know very, very little. I don't know anything about world by night, honestly.
1: Oh, yeah, there she is. Except Nina they're Price? coming. That'll be fun. I'm excited. I don't want to like I would usually go like read about it, but I just want to be surprised. I love new Marvel content that I don't know anything about. Yeah, especially when it's up my alley like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm pumped about it. Um, another, s- speaking of connections to all this stuff, um, so this was interesting. We we talked about an interview with Stephanie Caretti last week, and I, and this this article came out, and I and noting another point in that interview where she says uh, she's the she's the VFX supervisor on Eternals. Okay, and okay. she apparently said in the interview. I told Martin Larson, who's the blade visual effects supervisor, that I'm giving you the ebony blade as a gift. Use it wisely and make good out of it. Um, but I'm sure it's going to do actually even better. Which would seem, this is not official, but like it seems like the, the, they're passing the ebony blade off, which was taken up by Dane Whitman in, mm-hmm. uh, at the end of Eternals. To the blade VFX people, which you know, we kind of assumed that he's going to be wherever Blade shows up next because the blade, Blade's voice at the end. But this sounds like he's going to be in the show, and there it's going to there's going to be some sort of VFX focus on the Ebony Blade. So
1: that's awesome, right? Isn't it all fire?
0: I think so. I think it lights up with fire. Yeah. So what all this story has me thinking though, well, you know, we've been talking a little bit about the idea of like them building a dark team and Blade possibly serving as that like uh Nick Fury role, but like if he shows up as that other story mentions an insider says in Werewolf by Night, uh could the Ebony Blade and Dane Whitman also show up in Werewolf by Night? Like might we get all of these characters um in something in the near future, if not Werewolf by Night, you know?
1: Yeah, I, well, I hope so. I'm ready for all of these people to just start coming into each and every show and making the, the TV series is as fun as the movies, only we don't have to wait mm-hmm. as long and it's more content. Like, show yeah. me who these characters are. Mm-hmm. Make me care. Make me care about who Dane Whitman is and all of this.
0: Yeah, deeper characterizations. And that, <laughs> that actually leads great into the last story here. Um which it sounds almost like a bummer, but I'm actually really excited. Um, the executive producer, uh, Grant Curtis of moon Knight um, says, uh, there's no it's talking about moon Knight. There's no attachment to the current MCU. He's a brand new, he's brand new. He is going on a brand new adventure. Uh, we really think the fans are going to enjoy it. Um, the show is taking Marvel studios to its Iron Man and Tony Stark roots. Uh, that was a character that was obviously built from the ground up. And it is the same with Mark Spector.
1: That's very interesting.
0: Yeah. Well, what I love about it is they're not saying that it's not connected as in there was no not in the MCU. snap.
1: Like he, like he would have experienced
0: right, right. that as far as we know. Okay. But they're mm-hmm. taking, I mean, unless they play with multiverse with Mark Spector too, but I hope th- not. I don't think that's, yeah, I hope not too. I don't think that's what they're saying. I think they're saying We're not going to rely so heavily on previous MCU to build this character. It's not going to be like, I care about this person because he's related to Tony Stark. Right. It's going to be, we're going to build a character from the ground up, which is exactly what you were saying. Like, let's create these characters and give them deep backstories. And like, you know, you have time in these shows to really build a character from the ground up and make them super interesting and super complex.
1: Yeah. I'm so excited.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: We had two weeks, two weeks.
0: Two weeks, guys. Two weeks and counting till, uh, yeah, till moon night. Woo. Very exciting. Um, Well, that's really all the news. I just wanted to throw a few things out, and I guess we can throw out some feedback, too. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, Jithin Jacob on Gmail says, hey, guys, I've been mulling over a theory for a couple of days, and I just wanted to run it past you. I was just thinking that Star Fox might be Thanos' brother in the way that a very close friend might be. Also, Pip the Troll introduces Star Fox as Prince of Titan, and there was no indication that Thanos was royalty. He might have been a commander or a general, but not royalty. And if Thanos was an Eternal, delaying the birth of multiple celestials would have warranted a visit from Arishem. And on a side note, I think how Eternals operate are left to them and they can choose to do the job however they want. Because though Ajak and her group just nudged humanity on earth, if Star Fox is really an Eternal, we only have his word for it, And if he is the Prince of Titan, which was turned into a wasteland, it looks as if his group choose to rule the planet rather than help it. As always, love what you guys are doing, and I can't wait for this year's lineup. Joined this year's fantasy draft, and I'm very excited. Keep feeding us bamboos, (laughs) (laughs) Jith and Jacob. (laughs) I still love, I always love the uh, feeding us bamboos as (laughs) a word for content. I really do.
1: <laughs> um I'm pretty sure that Thanos was like royalty but he was like
0: born purple and they were like ugh no <laughs> I don't know if he was royalty he was born eternal and he was and th- that happened Yeah um I I, I that's a, that's all comics though so yeah. like yes all that stuff is true in comics all we have in the, sh- the movies is like He's All we know is that Star Fox says he's his brother.
1: Yeah, in the comics, the royal family on Titan. And wasn't he a stepbrother, though? I would have to look into it. It's been a long time.
0: Yeah, I don't know any of the comics origins, except that he was an Eternal that was kind of cast aside because he was born born with deviance. Yeah, I'm
1: pretty sure he was like, uh, Eros is an adopted brother. I'll have to look into it. But that's what I remember off the top of my head. I I hope I'm not wrong. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> right, and, and the way they the way they seem to be doing the Eternals, I just assume they look very different because they uh, went through a cycle of rebirth or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, similar to what we talked about, you know. I think that when they go back to be reprogrammed and sent on a new assignment, or like have their memories wiped, they probably make them look like whatever the species of the planet is, you know.
1: Right, that makes sense.
0: So, so it could be that like Thanos was a previous version of whatever they were trying to do on Titan. And now Star Fox has been like re- revitalized or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the, the thought Justin has here about like, what if different Eternals chose to do it different ways? Cause maybe it's just, you know, um, they're the way of this particular group of Eternals to do the nudges.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We talked a lot about that uh, when we were, um leading up to Eternals, like, why aren't they getting involved? Like maybe they saw the destruction from when they got involved in the beginning. We had this whole theory when we we're talking about because they seem really involved in the early parts yeah. of of creation. the world, creation of the world. Yeah, like all the the technology they give humanity and all that stuff. And then it just seems like they just stop. Which yeah. we know that the the nuclear bomb made uh fastest stop, right? I think so,
1: yeah. Oops.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Man, what a what an <laughs> evocative scene, though. Yeah, I love, I love that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I really love that scene. But other than that, I don't know. I don't know how the Eternals work on other planets.
1: Yeah, I wonder when we'll even get back to that storyline.
0: Right, we all were uh, assuming that the Shang chi rings would tie into it, which would bring us back to those characters again. I don't know when we're getting back to like Arishim and Star Fox. Maybe
1: in Captain Marvel, but uh,
0: mm, yeah, that could be. Or Thor. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, Thor makes sense. Actually, Thor makes a lot of sense now that I'm thinking about it because Gore the God Butcher is out butchering <sighs> gods. I
1: keep forgetting that that character's coming and that it's Christian yeah. Bale. I get it's oh, like yeah. I get excited every time I get reminded. <laughs>
0: Same, I just same. go
1: in there and just, it's time to clean house <laughs> Gore. Just let's get rid of some of these characters. Make death mean something. Start with it, Harry right. Styles, please. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, he's hes great. He's great.
0: <laughs> you seem so sincere. I am. Um, <laughs> I, I agree. And then like that, I hadn't, I hadn't even thought about that before, but like, that's the whole thing. If he's like killing off different pantheons of gods and we have this whole group of Eternals that have been, different versions of gods here on earth. It's absolutely a connection you could draw. Or what if instead of killing off, you know, it makes sense that he's after Thor because he's this, this God, but what if, um what if instead of gods, I mean, this is, this is wild speculation. It's probably not the, what would happen because it wouldn't tie to Thor. But what if instead of killing off gods, he is killing off eternals because they like, what if his planet was destroyed by, an emerging celestial and that was like led there by a group of Eternals. You know what I mean? Yes. And he's like got to go around killing Eternals all over the universe. And Thor has to smug involved oh, in that.
1: I'm really into that. Like, I really,
0: I like that I too. Like that too. <laughs> Cause they'd be like, they are kind of the gods of those worlds. Mm-hmm. They're like leading them to, to their population growth. And then leading them to destruction, ultimately. Because
1: besides the Norse gods, then we would have to get into like the Greek Marvel character gods, like Ares and these mm-hmm. other characters. And I'm like, well, we just have this batch of Eternals over here we can start picking off. And everybody yeah. cares about them, so it'll mean something.
0: Absolutely. It'll give them something to fight for. And And you could lose one of them, and it would be more weighty mm-hmm. than just losing a random character.
1: I mean, they didn't seem to care about Ajax, so... I'm
0: no, just kidding. <laughs> oh, oh I'm kidding. No. <laughs> okay, let's see. What do we got next? Jacob Spriggs sent us an email. It says, howdy, MCU cast. My name is Jacob, and although I've been an MCU fan since the beginning, I only recently discovered your podcast after No Way Home. I know you guys hear this all the time, but I think you're awesome, and I love your podcast. Thanks, Jacob. Thanks, man when i get bored i scroll through your old podcast and listen to an instant reaction or commissioned episode and it never gets old so keep up the good work (laughs) now i know i'm jumping the gun a little bit but i just finished daredevil seasons one through three along with defenders and it got me thinking about the upcoming echo show i may be a nerd Uh, We all are. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, No judgment here. Yeah, safe space. Um, (laughs) But I've never been a comic book nerd. Uh, So I don't know much about Maya's character uh, or the characters she usually gets involved with. Uh, But from the Hawkeye TV show, um, I know it's obvious that Kingpin will be the main villain. Uh, There's no way she killed him. Having Wilson Fisk as the bad guy opens up the door for so many possible characters. And wherever the Kingpin is, Daredevil's not far behind. So I think he'll be fighting alongside Maya. What characters do you think will show up in Echo if this mostly, if this is mostly a New York, street-level, uh, Wilson fist type show? The rest of the Defenders, Kate Bishop and maybe Hawkeye, Peter Parker and or Miles Morales, Donald Glover returning as a Prowler, ooh, that's fun, bullseye on his own quest to kill Kingpin and or daredevil. Oof, That's a lot. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of great ideas. I would love to see any of those things. Um, This is a story I did not include in the news. So weirdly I can kind of answer this (laughs) at least part of it um, in that I almost put this in the news, but it was seemed kind of small. Uh, Apparently the echo show is filming starting very soon and they are filming in small towns in Georgia, as opposed to Atlanta, where a lot of the TV, a lot of the New York stuff is set, or some of the New York stuff is set in uh, uh, in New York and some in Canada, I think. But Ooh. like, uh, apparently, the Echo Show is being filmed in small towns. She ran. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how Hawkeye ends. She's talking to her partner or whatever, her the guy who she communicates through all the time, her interpreter. And she says, no, 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 like, we have to run. We have to go. We have to run. And he says, no. And then she comes back at the end and you know, maybe kills Fisk, shoots Fisk. And it's like, did, did maybe, maybe he's hurt. Maybe he's dead. But I still imagine Maya's running because he still mm-hmm. has tons of connections. There's still going to be people after her. So, like, I, I guess uh, based on that news story that I did not include, but weirdly connects to this interesting I think they're gonna I think she's gonna be on the run so I don't think it's gonna be as new york-based as we originally thought
1: and I love that because as much as I love all of these other characters I think having Maya be front and foremost of her own show is and not out overshadowed by like a Matt Murdock or um Spider-Man. Right, yeah. But to have Kate Bishop show up, like that's different like maybe come, you know, maybe she comes back at the end and then we bring those bigger characters in so that we can move the story forward. I would love that.
0: Yeah. I would I do hope we get a show that is focused on Echo and we really get a sense of her character more. Um I liked the introduction to her character a whole lot. Mhm. And so I really hope they do something interesting with her. But, but yeah, I just agree with you. I think that like getting her away from New York, even if it's just for the first few episodes or Mm -hmm. something, and then she has to kind of go back and face the big demons. I kind of hope they don't bring in anyone else. Um, I kind of do hope that Matt Murdock shows up and I do hope that Fisk returns, Mm -hmm. but I kind of hope that's it because if we flood this thing, just because they're in New York and we get like Luke Cage and, jessica jones and everybody it'll really take many. the focus off of echo you know yeah
1: i agree uh give me all the matt murdoch but uh after that just mm-hmm. you know hold the sauce
0: yeah there are definitely <laughs> i won't say too much jacob because we are the marvel cinematic universe podcast we don't we try not to cover too much of the comics uh because of often it feels like spoilers but there are connections strong connections we've talked about it before on the show but um there are strong connections between the matt murdoch character uh and the echo character That are very interesting. And ever since she showed up on the show, we're like, when is Matt Murdock showing up? Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So. So good. I'm pumped. I'm pumped for that. And I got to say, Donald Glover's returning as the Prowler. I hadn't even thought of that since, you know, Donald Glover's become this huge star, both in music and in movies. I can't imagine him showing back up as the Prowler because of that. He's just so big and the Prowler's such kind of a small character. But like, I would like that a lot. Me too. (laughs) I mean, if nothing else, when they do the Miles Morales, if they do similar in the Miles Morales um, origin story as they did with, um, I don't know how much of that origin story with the Prowler kind of tied into his origin is. is from comics, but in the Into the Spider Verse, they have the Prowler really tied up into his origin story, and I love that idea. Yeah, and I would love to see Donald Glover in that role, bringing in the new. Uh, Miles Morales, Spider-Man. That would be rad.
1: Totally. I agree. Love it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Okay. Up next, we got Robbie Collings on Gmail says, Hello, MCU cast. After rewatching Black Panther, I noticed how much CGI was used in the final fight. What is your opinion of CGI versus practical effects (laughs) in the MCU?
1: Um, I feel like we've been very verbal about this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ashley has definitely been verbal about this. I personally hope they use more practical effects in the future. Um, I love the new Robert Pattinson Batman movie. Um, I hope to hear your opinion in a future episode. Uh, I love you guys, Robbie. Well, Robbie, actually, we are recording this right now, but we are going to record immediately after this mine and Ashley's take on the Batman and it just 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 to get it out just because just for fun it doesn't have any connection and we're gonna drop it right here in the mcu cast feed so uh, it'll be should be the next episode after this one so hope you guys enjoy that mm-hmm. as for uh, th- throw it out what do you think about digital versus practical effects
1: in the superhero movies it's necessary it's needed but sure there is a way to do things like take what WandaVision did in their first couple episodes. They went back to these fun, practical effects. And yes, it's more work, but it is so much better to have things with as much realism as you can put in there because then it looks more real. I don't want to feel like I'm watching an animated show, which is where sometimes some of this goes to. Um, I do know what he like. The end of Black Panther does look very heavily CGI, mostly the entire yeah. time. Of course, you can't have people jumping in front of speeding trains and flying around. I mean, actually, they do a little bit more practical with the flying now, but there's just things that people can't do, which I understand. But what you can do, I'm looking at you, Mobius or Morbius or whatever the Leto movie is, like if you can do the (laughs) effects and you can do the makeup and you can do things to make them look real, they're going to look more real.
0: Absolutely. There is definitely something about digital effects that loses the visceral nature of the human experience. I mean, it's, it's the, um, uncanny Valley, you know, you know, like it just doesn't look exactly human to us. Right. And so it's hard for us to connect to it. Um, and I think it does affect things. Um, I think, as you said, completely necessary for certain types of movies. There's no way, uh, almost any of these modern genre films would be possible without digital effects. Mm-hmm. But, there are certain moments that need to be grounded and emotional. And I mean, it's, it, when I think of black Panther, unfortunately, I don't think of that final fight at all. Like none of that enters my brain. I'm like thinking about moments I love in that movie. It's, it's all about those characters and those actors that when they're really there, those, those, the train fight is like, okay, cool. Something CGI happened. And then we get the wonderful ending when the CGI stops and they're sitting on the mountaintop together discussing, um, how he doesn't want him to save his life, you know, like that's, that's the moments I remember. And there's a reason for that. And I, Mm -hmm. I I, I understand the importance. I think it it works its best when there's a mixture of practical, like, even if you can just make the character practical while the, uh, you know, chaos is around one of the biggest uh, practical things that the MCU decided early on that I think made this, made this thing what it is giving us the the inside-the-helmet-cam view of Tony Stark's face. Yeah. Like, that is Mm -hmm. such a powerful thing, because so it's the first time we'd seen that, where it's like, you could have just had a metal face the entire movie and never seen his face once he puts the suit on, and none of those fight scenes would have felt real. They wouldn't have felt like they mattered. They wouldn't have felt like they had stakes, but you should get a shot of the inside of the camera with flashing lights going off in his face and him panicking while he's getting crushed by Obadiah Stane or whatever. That's that's suddenly visceral, even though it's, you know, yeah, that mixture. You got to have that mixture. Yep. I like that. Zach Miller says, hey, MCU cast. I was listening to one of your podcasts where you were discussing who could become a scroll. And I thought of a theory. I love this is my favorite stuff, by the way, just cutting on his <laughs> When like you know they they ask us something and we say something back and then somebody just spurs on ideas and creativity and like this this random theory and this random theory I just love that kind of stuff. Me too. Anyway, um, what if Kingpin was a scroll? Ooh, I don't love that though. <laughs>
1: oh, Maybe. Uh, so it's I don't. Just so Kingpin, I wouldn't want that to have been.
0: Listen to the end of this though. You all said yourselves uh, that. The Hawkeye Kingpin didn't feel like the same one from Daredevil. So what if when Echo shoots Kingpin, they hide the bit where the body reverts to scroll form? After doing a little research, I discovered that in comics, Echo has a part in the Secret Invasion. Coincidence? Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Hmm. I agree with with you. Like the, I definitely don't want Kingpin to have been a scroll all along. Right? Definitely not. But if just the kingpin we saw in Hawkeye ended up being a scroll, I wouldn't be mad at it. I wouldn't be mad at it at all. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah.
0: There's just, there's a few moments I love in the Hawkeye show of him, but like most of it I'd be okay. (laughs) Yeah. If he's just like, oh, well, that wasn't really him. And he's like been imprisoned by the scrolls somewhere, you know?
1: As long as we get him back. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh yeah 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 no 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 i don't definitely don't mean like because I, I think generally they keep people alive the scrolls do
1: i think so Ah, uh, yeah i don't I don't remember
0: i'm trying to remember in captain marvel i know they like had somebody in a tank at one point or am i thinking of something else completely i think that's something else yeah maybe
1: because they don't have to take your you just uh i don't know i don't know
0: do they need them for information do they need them for yeah, i don't know and it also depends on if they're evil or not if they're like going around killing people hmm. it just Depends on the version they want to go for. Because I know not everyone who's ever been a scroll, it doesn't mean they're dead.
1: Like, would it make sense that that scroll would have had that long term relationship with Kate Bishop's mother, and then been mad at her specifically for what she was doing if he was a scroll?
0: That's what I was thinking of when I said there's there's only a few scenes that it would matter to me. Yeah, like and that scene is really really good, and I would really like to keep that scene intact as as Fisk. But, uh, yeah. I don't know it, it, it's it's good I don't think they're gonna do it because I think it would feel like they're taking it back the power level creep that we saw at the end of uh, like where he's like you know just ripping car doors off yeah he's always been powerful I mean even going back to Daredevil he's always been strong mm-hmm. but it does feel a little OP And a a little silly almost. And I'd I'd rather be explained with that. He just like got a hold of some super serum or something, you know, Mm -hmm. the he's maybe he's working with the uh, with the power broker and got a little bit of that serum.
1: (laughs) I'd love that. See, that'd be great. Tie all that stuff together. I want the characters that are more grounded with like, you know, born identity, secret service, like secret, you know, James Bondy kind of stuff to kind of stay together mm. and keep doing that because i love it so much and i don't want to lose that completely like i, I don't i you. know we have other shows coming out that are going to go more back to this but we are just living in this galactic you know right multiverse of craziness world right now and i can't wait like that's i miss i feel like it's been so long since falcon and winter soldier
0: yeah i just I can't agree. wait till
1: we get something like that back and i thought that like hawkeye was was kind of like in that in between it wasn't as dark as uh falcon winter soldier and i liked it a lot um Mm -hmm. but to start you know i don't know it's they could do anything
0: i agree i I want them to maintain that as an aesthetic and still be able to do like black widow style adventures you know
1: and if we make them all scrolls we can't have it
0: (laughs) (laughs) well i i disagree with that not that they're all scrolls but like the idea of Black Widow espionage thing, and then you find out someone was an alien all along. I mean, it goes back to even, it feels like Hydra, you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily, it doesn't necessarily have to be all superhero, um, you know, big CGI battles. Like we were just talking about, it could be still grounded and have those elements. And one of the cool things about Marvel is, The idea that you have those stories, you have these characters from different parts of the universe sort of come together to tell these bigger stories like Secret Invasion, where, you know, just it ends up just being that like the president who's like has nothing to do with all the superheroing. The president just happens to be a scroll, And then you kind of have to put all those worlds together. You know,
1: that's different than having... All the characters and stuff, all be scrolls. Right. That's, that's fine. Sprinkle them in, pepper them around. <laughs> that's cool. But I can't have, like, oh, this part later. We were all saying maybe Black Widow was a scroll. And I was like, everybody mm-hmm. needs to stop saying that. Natasha is not a scroll <laughs> after Captain Marvel. Right. Oh, and I was like, anybody else <laughs> take anyone?
0: After her appearance in in game, I cannot imagine that she would ever be a scroll. We talked no. about it for sure. Someone wrote that yeah. once. And I, I think it's a it's fun to speculate, like, could this person be? And if they are, where were they replaced? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like like does it work? Does it make sense? And I, I think that anyone who's had a really good death on screen, I don't think we'll get them back. Like I don't right. think they're gonna be have been a scroll or whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Make death matter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Always. We've been talking about that since like the first year of this podcast like make death matter Marvel do it Um, okay last one we got Scott Ackerman on Gmail says hello I'm a new listener slash follower I consider myself an amateur of Marvel comics I do however love the cinematic universe and occasionally read a comic here and there After watching the Disney Plus shows and movies over and over again looking for Easter eggs, I have a few theories I seem to think could really work for the Multiverse of Madness. These theories could explain the existence of mutants, Fantastic Four, even the humans inside the MCU, even the Inhumans inside the MCU. Uh, Theories are loosely based off speculation and Marvel database and wiki. (laughs) But the neat thing about the multiverse is that literally anything is possible. Uh, the theory is the Eternals jump started everything. If I am interpreting this incorrectly, the Eternals created correctly. the. S- oh. <laughs> if I'm interpreting this correctly, the inter- the Eternals created the Scrolls, and the Scrolls created the Mutants, uh, which the MCU could loosely use this to tie in in the existence of the mutants. Also, every theory I've heard of the multiverse is caused by Doctor Strange alone, but what if um, the breaking of the multiverse was a collection of events happening at the same time? Loki creating the branches, uh, Doctor Strange and Spider-Man casting the spell, uh, Wanda creating the universe in WandaVision. Um, Deadpool, using Cable's time machine, (laughs) everyone's actions of tampering with the time-slash-universe was the right-slash-wrong combination of events to throw the universe out of whack, creating the multiverse. I like Doctor Strange, and I feel bad because everyone is putting the blame on him. (laughs) And overseeing the fact that any one of the other characters could have easily caused the split in the multiverse... Um, Doctor Strange unfortunately is the one to blame. Uh thank you so much, Scott Ackerman from Ohio. Hey, thanks, Scott. Thanks, Appreciate Scott.
1: you. It's not the Cree.
0: No, I don't think the Kree, it's the Cree created the Inhumans.
1: No, the celestial or the Cree created the Inhumans, but the That's Celestials what I was created both eternals and deviants and tinkering with the genetic uh stuff on Earth is what created the X gene. So that right. is what created mutants, not
0: the scrolls.
1: Scrolls, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It is somehow in comics tied to the Eternals. The
1: Celestials were creating the Eternals and the Deviants, and that like the like missi- messing with everybody's DNA is what eventually created that X gene.
0: Yeah. So I mean, like, by by its very nature of the Eternals going back as far as they do, yes, the Eternals kind of originated all of like what a culture on earth. So in some way they are related, but I don't know that they're going to tie it to X-Men or not. Like it is in yeah. comics tied to it, but I don't know if they're going to go there. Cause I feel like they're going to want the X-Men for a while, at least to be their own thing.
1: Yeah. Cause, and then you have to go back to where have they been? And that's, you know, hard to, right. if they're saying that, you know, these were created on earth by the celestials, did the eternals and it messed with the genes. Where have they been? And that's not a multiverse thing, you know, or it could, You know, they need to unless a lot of work
0: and and this is a theory that's been going around for years unless we are living like the entire universe we've been watching the entire time is a post no more mutants universe. Right. You ever heard that theory? Yeah. It it, in the comics, Scarlet Witch has a thing where she says no more mutants and we Mm -hmm. live in that world for a little while. There's a whole thing of like there's only like 100 mutants or something like yeah, that in the even universe in this, there's and, some of them though yeah yeah exactly um but you could see that like and anyway, we've got we, we do have like kind of hints to that that like maybe this entire thing has been a no more mutants universe mm-hmm. um specifically we have this idea that dr strange knows he's living inside of a dream or a nightmare like he knows something is wrong like what if you know, and, and we're getting Xavier back and and Xavier walks in and says, let's tell him the truth. Mm-hmm. Like, what if he tells him, like, yeah, your universe has, has been wrong for a while. You were supposed to have all these other things. And it kind of gives him, you know, you were supposed to have X-Men. You were supposed to have yeah. mutants. You don't have that in your universe. So Iron Man was so influential because he's the first one to do this. But like in our universe, there's lots of people doing this stuff, you know? That'd um, be fun. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Um, it would be weird to be like the entirety of the universe was weird, wrong universe, you know?
1: Yeah. I hope that she does the opposite in this and she's like more mutants.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, especially since she's being introduced to the idea of the mutants here, like she'll get to know who Charles is and maybe she'll find, maybe she'll find her father out there in the, uh, you know, the, the version of her father from other realities, Magneto. Yeah. Um and she'll be like this could have been my life like maybe maybe she sort of finds the life um that's similar to the no more mutants universe you know like whatever when like magnus is like the king emperor or whatever um <laughs> I'd maybe love she that. finds that world and goes this is the world i want bring <laughs> mutants to my world you know
1: mhm i love it queen wanda
0: <laughs> yeah it would be a rad way to bring mutants about like, and they wanted to do in humans a few years ago. It just didn't work. We didn't like it. (laughs) I
1: I didn't even watch. I watched the first five minutes and I turned it off. I've never watched it.
0: What about this? So we given that idea, more mutants like mutants exist. She says something that creates mutants, right? Bring this to my universe. One of the next properties we have is miss Marvel. (sighs) who is a whatever we inhumans in humans and she's an inhuman in comics, but if they're kind of scrapping the inhumans for now, because of what shield and inhumans did with it, and they're not really wanting to use that they could easily. And, and we already know her powers are different mm-hmm. um, based on toys and stuff. So what if Miss Marvel is the result of her saying like mutants now or whatever. Um, and she brings mutants into the universe and, uh miss marvel is one and then the uh, you know just a couple uh little well later we've got the marvels coming out which what if that's more than just the three marvels that we know about which is you know captain marvel ms marvel and photon Mm -hmm. (laughs) um what if it's about the fact that like she brought about the marvels and like the mutants all these people are mutating all over the world you know
1: and then rogue shows up and i I can't wait to see the battle between them
0: <laughs> yes, and then a really fast Ralph Boner just comes zooming through. Boners is zooming just let's, you know.
1: <laughs> no.
0: This happens to lots of guys. <laughs> okay, um let's see. Uh la- lastly, he talks about the multiverse and it being Strange's fault. I don't think the multiverse is Strange's fault. Like the multiverse is as far as we know, the multiverse is not even a problem. It's, it's the natural state of the universe. It's actually the single timeline that was the problem. Um, whatever they're talking about in this movie, that is strange as fault is going to be specific. I don't think it's just going to be like the multiverse. Yeah. It's just the fact that like something is wrong. And maybe it is that the, there's like a weakness between universes that's causing them to, you know, drift away. Like we see, um, maybe certain universes are being destroyed, and they're trying to stop Wanda from reaching into universes and tearing them apart, trying to find her children. Something like that. Yeah. The multiverse is not Strange's fault. But he did something either previously or in the beginning of this movie that's going to be his fault, I think.
1: Yeah. No, I agree.
0: Or they're lying to us.
1: Or they're lying to us, which is always possible. But um, <laughs> I, I, it makes it interesting that they took that scene out of Spider-Man where Wong's like, you know, don't do that spell like that very specific don't do yeah. this and they took that right. out.
0: Well they took that out which shows us already they were lying to us. So now this is this lying to us theory is actually taking up a lot of residence in my brain right now because <laughs>
1: living there rent free. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they said that they said that line's in the trailer and then they took it out. And now we've got that line in another trailer which never happened in the previous movie, but they used the audio in the trailer. So how can we trust that that line is real? I don't think we can. I kind of feel like maybe this whole thing of it being Dr. Strange's fault might just be BS, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, what if he's talking to like, it's your fault that she's marrying somebody else, Steven, you know, like who knows like, right. Sure. Well, sure, what sure. They could be talking about, you know, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I can't wait. Oh my goodness.
0: Given all the other stuff about it being a dream world and all this stuff, like I have a feeling the problem of this movie is not Doctor Strange's issue that he caused. Like maybe his playing with the multiverse makes him less trustful to Wong. Like I bet Wong's pretty pissed at him mm-hmm. about the Spider Man stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah. Especially since Wong is, you know, sorcerer supreme. He shouldn't be doing mm-hmm. any of that stuff
0: yeah he's gonna be pissed Mm -hmm. but i don't think that's like what's causing the multiverse to break apart
1: he didn't warn him not to do it so that's true is that
0: (laughs) a real sorcerer supreme would have warned him (laughs) (laughs) Wong.
1: you're off to fight your cage matches like that's not very sorcerer supreme of you
0: no it really isn't like that the fact that he's sorcerer supreme and a cage fighter is blowing my mind i just don't know what to think about that
1: Sorcerer Supreme does not pay very well, apparently. Would you just create your own money? I would just create my own money, like with magic. Come, I mean, I save the world.
0: Yeah, you know these superheroes, and they're like ethics. Like they, I know. they probably like feel like, oh, I'll mess up the economy if I create myself millions of dollars. I mean, in like, that whatever.
1: in that same breath, they were frauding people out of money at the boxing match because they were faking.
0: That's true. They, well, were they faking or were they? Yeah, legitimate? he's like, you he, didn't
1: pull your punches. Yeah, but true. when you get in the but ring. But I mean, like
0: real boxers sometimes are friends and know each other, you know. Are we still friends? Depends on how hard you hit me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe that maybe that's all that was. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's going to be it for us today. We're going to talk about the Batman on the next episode. So stay tuned, kiddos. Um, stay tuned, pandas. And uh join us for some, some more bamboos, more content. <laughs> Gave you some bamboos.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, bamboos open wide. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh,
1: I see what you're doing now. You're going Bill Burnham. Yeah. yeah. Got your bamboo open wide. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be back pretty quick. Peace.
1: Until next time, true believers.